You're listening to Ticker Talk, a podcast brought to you by CanNet, the Cardiovascular Network of Canada. Immerse yourselves in conversations with caregivers and patients living well after diagnosis and gather insight from leading experts across Canada on research findings that make a difference. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Julian, a research partner, a peer support group leader, and a patient with lived experience managing my own cardiac health condition. Welcome. Welcome, Dr. Samantha Anthony. Dr. Anthony is a social worker with the Transplant and Regenerative Medicine Center and a health clinician scientist at SickKids. She is a scientist in the Child Health Evaluative Sciences Program of the Research Institute and an associate professor at the University of Toronto. So welcome, Dr. Anthony. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here today. The term health clinician scientist. So that's something that's new to me. Are you able to talk to us a little bit about what that is? Absolutely. Health clinician scientists are clinicians who still have a practice, so directly work with patients and families, and also have a funded program of research. I am thrilled to be the first and only actually health clinician scientist in social work in Canada. And there's actually a community of probably about 15 health clinician scientists actually at SickKids across various disciplines. So we have some from nursing, from psychology, audiology, as well as dietetics. One of the benefits of being a health clinician scientist is that most of our research emerges directly from our clinical practice. We really are working closely with patients and families, and our research reflects the needs and concerns of the patient population. After we've conducted the research, we can directly translate the findings back into our practice or policy. It's that unique blend of clinical work and research work that actually is a nice segue into the conversation we're going to have today around the peer-to-peer program that you've been involved in. So how did that program come about? The IPW program is, it's an online peer mentorship program that provides support for pre-screened and trained young adult peer mentors to adolescent peer mentees with the same chronic illness. And again, as I mentioned earlier, building capacity in patient-oriented research really underpins all of the research that we conduct within our lab. So a strong emphasis on engaging patients meaningfully and focusing on patient-identified priorities So this program of research itself emerged directly from not only my clinical practice, but also from a needs assessment that we conducted with patients themselves. From that information, the messaging from patients was the sense of isolation. So many patients had never met someone with a similar chronic disease. So the opportunity to meet someone, again, they mentioned that seeing another person that has the same disease or illness, you can talk to them for hours. They'd be someone who had a better level of understanding about their experience, and they'd be able to relate to what you've been going through. Patients also spoke with the fact that with parents and healthcare providers, we offer a very different type of support. So they did say, you know, they often feel it's a scolding type of situation with parents, whereas with peer mentors, it would be more of a a supportive conversation. So instead of being talked down to potentially being talked to, They really were looking for support and guidance from someone who's been through the process and talking to you about potentially what the future looks like. You're matching the peer mentors who maybe being a little bit farther along the path of living with a particular condition with someone who's just learning or getting to know what they're living with and thinking about how they're going to cope with that. Exactly. The mentors within our program are 
those that have already transitioned to adult care. So there are patients between the ages of 18 and 25, and then they're matched one-to-one with mentees who are adolescents. So between the ages of 12 to 17. And you mentioned that the mentors are offered some training. So in addition to their experience of the condition, they also have some skill development to help them be a mentor. One of the key elements to the success of this research program is the engagement of the mentors themselves. And again, many of these mentors are very enthusiastic about participating because they felt it was a resource that would have been helpful for them, reflecting back when they were adolescents. Very engaged and committed mentors within the program. With regards to the mentor training program, prior to the start of the actual research, the mentors participate in both in-home training as well as three in-class training sessions that actually happen over three days. So it's actually a total of 20 hours. And within that, it's important that the mentors understand their roles and responsibilities. Topics such as informational support, such as self-management, appraisal support, such as setting goals with their mentee, looking at emotional support, so providing support around concerns that a patient you know, with this chronic illness or disease may have. Also, we talk about privacy and confidentiality. So the importance of, you know, again, sharing and listening to stories, but also mindful of those important aspects. And so you mentioned that this was a research program. Do you have at this point results from the project or is it a work in progress? So I'm thrilled to share that we're actually just wrapping up. It's been about two years that this program of research has been conducted. I'm happy to share some of the themes. So with regards to data collection, both the mentors and the mentees fill out a variety of questionnaires prior to the program when they finish and then three months post. So we have longitudinal data as well. We're just in the process of collecting right now. But they also are involved in interviews as well as focus groups about their experience. Among our findings, I think one of the most poignant is the feeling of isolation among transplant recipients and the positive impact of meeting another recipient with similar lived experiences. Again, throughout the program, patients were able to connect, share their stories. They felt less alone. And there was also this sense of hope being nurtured within their own transplant journey. And hope can be a powerful and dynamic feeling, again, that has been associated with improved self-perceived quality of life, something that clinicians and healthcare providers themselves can also be encouraged to nurture within their transplant care with these patients, this kind of concept of hope, specific to the mentees when they finish the program. Some of the themes that emerged from those interviews was seeking a sense of normalcy in their transplant journey, so feeling less alone. Again, the importance of story sharing to enable meaning-making. So again, sharing transplant stories, receiving and giving advice, connecting over also non-medical issues. So a lot of these patients talked about gaining insight into the transition to adulthood, as well as navigating different self-management, so medication taking, navigating social situations, so peer relationships within school, as well as, you know, decision-making around college, university. They also mentioned about nurturing confidence and disease self-management skills. So again, feeling more confident and hopeful and inspired in their transplant journey. Well, I do have a quote I can share with you from a patient. I'm actually talking to someone that's older who's been through it and still lives an ordinary life like any other person would. And that has given me hope for like a future and given me motivation to live my life and have a goal of being someone with a heart transplant. That's amazing. I think and for patients at that age, that's such a turbulent age range generally, right? As you go through that stage of life, to be able to have someone to speak to 
who's been through what they're going through from the quote that you've shared with us. It seems to be an important connection and experience for them. So that's amazing. Absolutely. When our peer mentors did the training together, it was actually during the pandemic. So we did the mentor training virtually, but it was fascinating to see the group of mentors connect so quickly throughout the training. Again, many of them had never met another transplant recipient. The bond that they shared, the stories that they shared with regards to their experiences was fascinating. It sounds like for patients, there's a way that they can get hooked into this program. If they're going through the transplant process, somebody will talk to them about the availability of the program. That's how they would link in. Is that how it's anticipated that it will work in the future? This was a research program. So it was looking at implementation effectiveness as well as clinical effectiveness of the program looking at questions around adoption, feasibility, appropriateness with regards to be able to translate this program of research into clinical practice. There are different aspects. So with regards to recruitment and the piloting. So this program was actually piloted not only at SickKids in Toronto, but also Story Children's Hospital in Edmonton. So more to come on that. Absolutely. And in terms of now what? So you just so recently have seen more formal feedback on the outcome of the program, of the research program, where are you going to take this work next? Are there some intuitive next steps that follow in addition to moving into clinical practice? Are there other sort of branches of work that you're exploring? What's next for you in this space? So thank you for asking. We're actually incredibly excited to share. As part of the Canadian Heart Function Alliance, we've recently received funding from the Canadian Institutes of Health Research as well as the Heart and Stroke Foundation to pilot the IPWP program within the adolescent heart failure population. So our pilot work has been primarily within solid organ transplantation. This new study will be a national study, including four Canadian sites. And it will also be the first time the program will be offered not only in English, but also French. So we're very excited about that opportunity. We've also recently received funding from the Mendes National Institute of Transplantation Foundation, the Kidney Foundation of Canada, as well as CIHR to pilot the iParent to Parent program. When we were doing recruitment for the iPeer to Peer program, a lot of parents were sharing their stories, their experience, as well as concerns around isolation. So again, a program of research that has now emerged from parent identified needs very mindful that parents' quality of life is often impacted by the demands and stressors associated with their child's chronic illness. So excited now that this program of research has expanded. That sounds like exciting work that's coming. So more to share in the future with you. 